Echoes of Wartime, Episode 7, The Search. In portraying life during World War I on the home front of both Crediton in Devon and Fulda in Germany, using the stories of real people and based on our detailed research, we have imagined how they might have reacted to the extraordinary times they were living in. We have assembled dramatic material using their letters, journals, archived accounts and interviews with historians in both towns. Using these, we have created the characters' conversations, thoughts and interactions. Join us as we guide you through this mix of fact and imagination. After the war had ended, many families were left wondering what had happened to the sons who were missing, presumed dead. Others who had firmer information felt the need to visit the graves and battlefields where their loved ones had spent their last days. In this episode, we imagine how two of our characters, Joseph von der Senior and the Reverend Worthington Dukes, might have talked had they met during their own searches. Here is Dr Thomas Heiler, Director of Culture and Archives for the City of Fulda. After war, Fonderau went to France to look for the grave of his son. Uh, his son died on the 6th of September in France, and Fonderau got exact information where he can find his son, on, on what circumstances he died. And uh, after war, he went to France normally, in, after World War I, normally he wouldn't. A normal German wouldn't get to, to, to France or make holidays, things like this. Yeah? He went to France and looked for the grave of his son. Yeah? And it must be very impressionated for him. Dear Herr von der Rau, Unfortunately, I am only able to partially answer your queries. It was a battle at Binicourt sur Sol. The place lies nine kilometers southeast of Basway and four to five kilometers southwest of Ile-le-Mouru. Both these places are shown on the published map of the German-French border. We had a very successful battle in the village and gardens of... So, Josef, you lie somewhere here in these bare, empty French fields. But we have made a headstone to you, my son, in a corner of the garden at home. Robert, Gustl and I tend this as lovingly as we would tend you, were you still with us. Did you sit here, by this solitary tree in this now empty landscape, for a brief respite, while around you the guns roamed and men screamed? Did you sit here and think of home, of your dear mother, who loved you so very much, and of me, your father, so proud of my son Josef? My dear Jupp, I will sit here too for a moment. Maybe if I close my eyes, I will see your handsome face once more. I 
have an ecclesiastical seminar to attend in Reims, in France, uh, at the end of the month. I thought I might try to find John's final resting place. Why? I'd like to pay my respects and know where he is. Oh, I haven't wanted to either visit or think about his grave, really. But Gladys, my dear, it's been many years now. I know, and I've got on with my life. I have a new husband. So maybe now, yes, I'd like to perhaps see a photo. I don't promise I'll be able to find it, but I'll do my best. Bassist? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. I wasn't expecting to see anyone here. It's so desolate. You're English? Uh, oh, oh, pardonnez-moi. Uh, mon français non pas bon. No, nor is mine. I'm German. Ah, I thought as we are in France, I, I, I assumed... Um, my son lies here somewhere. I had come to find his grave. I too am searching for a grave. Not my son, but son-in-law, John. Like a son to me he was. My own son lies buried in Salonica. I lost them both. You never get over it. No. Even now I sometimes think I see him in the street, his back walking ahead of me. I have to stop myself from running after him because, of course, it's not him. I know what you mean. Sometimes, out of the corner of my eye... Yes. They're with God now. You kept your faith then, Reverend? I'll admit it was sorely tried. But my faith in God is the bedrock on which I've lived my whole life. And you couldn't have that kicked from under you. I once said to someone, despair is unbelief. But I realised, as I said it, that unbelief would mean despair for me. So you couldn't survive without your faith? No. Could you? I still go to Mass. I take the sacrament. I pray. It had become a habit, I suppose. And I like to believe that one day I will be reunited with my dear wife and the children we lost. Yes. To lose that hope is to give up. My son-in-law, who lies somewhere near here, his name was Wisman. John Wisman. But that is a German name. Yes, his father was German. So he also fought for the fatherland? No, his father moved to England and married an Englishwoman. And your John? He fought for the British? Yes. My other son, Robert, survived. But he came home a very different person from the idealistic young man who left in 1914. Uh, and I have a granddaughter. She was born in January 1915, four months after John was killed. 
She was christened Joan Rosemary. Rosemary for remembrance. Your John was killed in September 1914. My Joseph also. On the 6th of September. John was killed on the 15th of September. But they didn't die in vain. It was the war to end all wars. Their sacrifice means at least we know we will never let there be such a war again. Amy Montague was 50 when World War I broke out. She had two sons and two daughters, all born in Crediton. Both her sons were killed in the war. Following their death, Amy sought spiritualist help to make contact with them. Amy was secretary to the Exeter Women's Social and Political Union. As a suffragette, she campaigned vigorously for votes for women, and helped Christabel and Emmeline Pankhurst on their visits to Devon. During the war, she worked as a volunteer nurse tending the wounded soldiers. As she lay dying in 1953, she claimed, I will be back. Charles Ware successfully enlisted for action at the age of 15, and although his mother Minnie wrote to her MP and fought to have him returned home, he was removed from the front but put in charge of the supply mules. He loved animals. He enlisted again in World War II, but was prevented from joining the army, possibly by his employers. He died in 1946 of a kidney disease. Worthington Dukes, vicar of Showbrook near Crediton, was 65 when World War I broke out. He had a daughter, Gladys, and a son, Ronald, who was killed in 1916 in Turkey. His son-in-law, John Wiesman, who despite having a German father fought with the British, was killed in France in September 1914. Gladys Dukes gave birth to a daughter, Joan Rosemary Wiesman, in January 1915. Nine years after the death of John Wiesman in 1925, Gladys remarried in London. Stephen Dines married Winifred Cook from Showbrook in 1911, and they had one son, born in 1912. Stephen enlisted in 1915 and was badly injured in November 1917 and brought home to hospital. In April 1918, while back in barracks and due to return to the front, he walked into a railway tunnel to face the oncoming train. Although his body was buried in Showbrook Churchyard, there was no headstone and no record of his grave's location, nor was his name listed on the war memorial in Showbrook Village. Reverend Worthington Jukes did not lead the funeral service.
In 2014, villagers arranged for a Commonwealth War Graves Memorial Stone to be erected in his memory in Showbrook Churchyard. Joseph Vonderau Sr. ran the Vonderau Museum, which is still there today in the centre of town. He died in Fulda in 1951. Josephine von der Rauer never really recovered from the death on the battlefields of her son Joseph in September 1914. She died two months later in November 1914. Robert von der Rauer survived the First World War but he was badly injured in the leg and initially had to use a wheelchair. Later he was able to walk but did so with a pronounced limp. Despite this, he trained as a teacher and was recognised as being an extremely good school teacher. He married and had a family. Margareta Grippentrog joined the German Democratic Party in 1918 in order to campaign for women's rights. She was known as an outspoken fighter for women's rights. She moved to Kassel in 1929 to become the rector in a girls' school. She lived in Castle until her death in 1964. In episode 7, parts were played as follows. German Army Officer, Michel Schwalp, Joseph von der Rauz Sr., Martin Donovert, the Reverend Worthington Dukes, Jeff Fox, Gladys Wisman, Carrie McRae, and the narrator was Eddie Holden. Echoes of Wartime was a common player's production, written and edited by Mary Stevenson and produced by Rod Brooks Hocking. It was funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund. For more information, go to www.echoesofwartime.com. Sound effects were from the bbc.co.uk, copyright 2018. Music was excerpts from Agnes Day from The Armed Man by Carl Jenkins.